My daddy may now make an announcement. And I thought, I, I wonder if artificial intelligence could duplicate my voice, my beautiful dulcet tones. You are listening to the bitterest pill. I'm trying to get artificial intelligence to just take over the show. Listening to the bitterest pill. Hello and welcome to the bitterest pill. I'm Dan Class and I am inside my garage under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. So, the other day I was playing around with some artificial intelligence stuff, you know, and I thought, well, I, I wonder if artificial intelligence could duplicate my voice, my beautiful dulcet tones. So I put my voice into this AI thing, and this is what it spit out. So what do you think? I mean, it sounds like me, but it doesn't, right? It is pretty creepy, though, right? Okay, seriously, you have not heard... This is... Okay, this is Dan. This is real Dan, and but until now, until just now, that wasn't me. That was artificial intelligence me. And that is true. So, yeah, I put my voice... You know, I've got plenty of recordings of myself. I, I put my voice in this artificial intelligence thing and it, to see how it would do. And the more I listen to that, the more I feel like it sounds like me. Maybe I've gotten over the weird feeling of like, oh, that doesn't sound like my sound. You know, I, I think it does. It sounds like a mix of me and Robert Downey Jr. maybe. But that's pretty creepy, right? L l I'm going to play it again. So the other day I was playing around with some artificial intelligence stuff, you know, and I thought, well, I I wonder if artificial intelligence could duplicate my voice, my beautiful dulcet tones. All right, that's creepy, right? So I put my voice into this AI thing, and this is what it spit out. So what do you think? I mean, it sounds like me, but it doesn't, right? It is pretty creepy, though, right? Okay, that's nuts. That's nuts. Especially considering how much time I've spent trying to get mid-journey to make an image that looks like me. That sounds exactly like me. Now, now that I hear it, and now that I hear myself, because I can hear myself right now, you know how I'm talking, and I'm recording, and I can hear myself. That's that's nuts. So if I had the money to invest in this, whatever this AI is, and I had the time to type up my podcast, maybe what I'll do. Ooh, remember last, remember last time when I asked Chad GBT or whatever it's called to do the horse. I asked it to tell me a funny story and it gave me the horse story about the horse that had been beaten basically so much that it had to learn to talk and use money and get drunk. Maybe I can get Chat GBT to write the stories. Because listen, sometimes I'm dry. Sometimes I'm busy and sometimes I got nothing. But maybe... I could get ChatGBT to write me some fresh material. <laughs> okay. And then just get that thing, whatever that's called, 11 or whatever, to, to record it, quote unquote. I think that would be awesome. So the other day I was playing around with some artificial intelligence stuff, you know? Okay, did you know I switched and I back thought, to... I've Right? I wonder if artificial intelligence could duplicate my voice, my beautiful dulcet tones. I think AI Dan so is I put more my voice calm into this AI thing than I am. And this is what it spit out. So what do you think? Right? I mean, it sounds like me, but I, it doesn't, right? It is what pretty I think maybe AI creepy, though, right? Yeah, it is creepy Dan, but I think AI Dan isn't as nuts as real Dan. 
I think that's the problem is I wonder if AI Dan just doesn't really have the mental uh, gymnastics going on inside his mind all the time because he's artificial intelligence. Maybe he can actually think clearly and make, you know, a nice clear headed statement about how well I put my voice into the artificial intelligence. And the really creepy thing is I put a little bit of that cadence in there, but I didn't put it all in there. Some of that is totally the AI. There, were, there was even a point where I put a break in and it took it out and kind of rammed the sentences together like I probably would in real life. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's what I've been doing. Not really. I didn't, I spent like 10 minutes on that. <laughs> while I was walking around one day, really what I do is I get up in the morning and I immediately start making AI uh, images. That is my new TikTok because I had to get off TikTok because TikTok is too many attractive young women vying for your attention. And, and I got to ask the ladies a, a question. Is, okay. To women, ser ser just be serious about this and just tell me once and for all, don't, don't toe the party line. Really give me the truth. Are dad bods attractive? Because what happens is, it, it, and somehow TikTok knows that, that I need to lose weight or something. TikTok serves me up and, and that's how, this is how accurate the algorithm is. The algorithm can sense that I must linger ever so slightly on the hot dancing girls that say they like dad bods. And what I've created for myself is some sort of TikTok dad bod propaganda machine that has convinced me that there are attractive 25 to 35 year old women just waiting to hook up with a much, much older guy with a dad bod. And that's either a true, totally true that there are totally, why wouldn't there be, <laughs> why wouldn't there be, why wouldn't there be 25 to 35 year old women that want to get together with a, a much older man with a dad bod. That makes perfect sense. Or these women are freaking geniuses of social media. And they know, you know what I'll do is I'll claim that I'm into older guys. I'll claim I'm into younger guys. I'll claim that I'm into dad bods. I'll claim that I'm in, into six packs and I will get everyone to watch me dance and shake my butt. But this dad bod pro dad bod propaganda is having an effect on me because I desperately need to lose, you know, a couple pounds, a couple, I would say a couple of 30 pounds. I would say about 30 pounds. So the dad bod propaganda is not inspiring me to lose the weight. But every time I pass a mirror, I'm like, there is no freaking way. There is no way. This is just social media uh, positioning. These women are really just geniuses of social media and the, the algorithm and knowing how to get, right, get a guy to slow down. Just, oh, she's into, oh, oh, she's into, oh, yeah. So I had to switch over to AI images, and we talked about that last time. Now, last time I said that I was on this thing called Mid Journey 
which makes unbelievable images. And I was on this other thing called Blue Willow that made horrible images. And then this is what happened is I figured out Blue Willow and I started getting it to make really cool images. It was really good or is really good at making caricatures in the style of Mad Magazine. Now, that's my secret prompt, you see. If I ask the AI, hey, make me a caricature of such and such a celebrity in the style of Mad Magazine from 1976, it gives me really cool images that I love. And I'm not insinuating that Blue Willow heard this podcast, but I am insinuating that I was kicked off of Blue Willow somehow. I somehow lost access to Blue Willow. I don't know what happened, but I woke up one day and it was gone. And this is after me working it, right? Working it out and, and using it almost exclusively. And now I'm off Blue Willow. Again, there's no stinking way that one of the 12 people that listen to this show happened to know a guy who knows a girl who knows a girl who works for Blue, right? There's no way. Although, I don't know. They're in the artificial intelligence game. Maybe they have a thing that goes and listens to every single podcast and listens for the words Blue Willow and heard me say that it eats crud and then they put me on the poop list. I don't know. But don't worry because I found another relatively free one. So now I'm still rocking two AI things. Uh, did you see? I posted on Facebook my the bargain version of what if the bitter spill was a movie made from ai it's just wes anderson style images of some poor bald guy with a baby but you know what it's somewhat inspiring too i have to say i get a kick out of it i don't know why listen there's very little in life that i enjoy okay so you got to give me this okay you gotta give me my artificial intelligence images because it's literally all i have the kids are out of the house. Melissa doesn't give a rat's patootie about me. It's all I have. That and you. It, right? You and artificial intelligence uh, images. So seriously, if you stopped listening, I don't know what I would do. So you got to hang in there, okay? Please, I'm not that I'm begging, but seriously, you, you have to keep listening. Um, I don't want to buy candy outside the grocery store. Do you understand? I want to make a, I want to make a blanket announcement right now. And I wrote this note to myself that I wanted to talk about this about two weeks ago. And then today, and this is not some like uh, contrivance where I'm like, oh, today I saw, I, I had this idea two weeks ago, but I'm going to say it was today. No, I did have the idea two weeks ago. And today when I went to the grocery store just now, the GD Girl Scouts were out there selling candy and cookies and all that. When I go to the grocery store, I want to go inside the grocery store and buy groceries. I don't want to buy candy from a kid to help support his supposed basketball team or the Girl Scouts or whatever the hell it is. Don't bug me when I'm walking into the grocery store. Why are you doing that? Sell that crap to your parents and your parents' friends and your teachers and all that other jazz like you're supposed to. Okay, but don't bug me. I obviously am not making eye contact with you. I'm obviously acting like I got 13 other things to do and I'm all, things on my mind. I got a dad spot. I'm sexy as hell. Just don't, tr please don't try to sell me candy 
and cookies outside of the grocery store. It's bad enough that they have all the stuff in the grocery store that I got to not buy, but I I don't want to have to not buy something before I even get in there. I'm not prepared. I'm not a very good friend. I just want to admit that right now. I made this realization about myself. Well, many times over the years, but I've definitely made it again recently that in my opinion, I'm not a very good friend. And what I mean by that is I have had some great friends, yourself included, but I am really super bad at um, staying in contact. Now, in my mind, I'm in contact with hundreds of people all of the time. I check up on what they're doing on social media. I think of them fondly. I wonder what they're up to. I right. So in some part of my brain, I am keeping up with all the real right. But in reality, I don't keep up with anyone. Thank God that I have a small handset, a handful of friends, a handset of friends, a set of friends or a handful of a handful of friends who are a set of people who reach out to me every once in a while to say, hey, how are you? And then I'm like, oh, my God, we haven't talked in like seven years. And I just realized like some people, I think in reality, um, have friends, have friends, ma- you know, make friends, have friends, keep friends, maintain friends. But I am horrible at it. And I'm doing it already. Like I made friends with a couple of people at work and they've, they've since moved on right to other positions. Do I call them? No. Do they call me? Yes. Do I pick up the phone? No, I'm usually busy. Do I call them back? I usually forget because I am a horrible friend. So maybe it's not that I'm not a good friend. I'm a, maybe I'm a horrible friend. And what doesn't make sense is I want to be friends with these people. I want to be friends with all, all of my friends. I just, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. If it's literally that I forget to contact people. Well, first of all, I don't like talking on the phone. Now, I know that sounds weird coming from a podcaster because I'm going to sit here and talk for probably a half an hour to an hour by myself, blah, 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 but I hate talking on the phone. I really don't like it. And I don't like talking on FaceTime or Zoom or Teams or whatever because that's a phone call and they can see how ugly I am. Okay? I don't want to do that either. That's why I'm waiting to have a, like a nice AI avatar that is younger than me, maybe has a little more hair or is like is working the bald thing and is thinner and have that thing talk. And it could be my voice. It'd be fine if it was my voice, but I just want the avatar to be there. Maybe the avatar could even maintain the friendships. I don't know. Maybe the avatar right, could make the calls, be like, hey, what are you doing? And then email me the information. Because, and, and again, this is going to sound like uh, irony coming from, someone who's going to talk for the next half hour to hour about himself and about his thoughts about things and reactions to things. I don't like talking about myself at all. I don't want to do it. Okay. When we get together, me and we like another person, not you, but other people, I don't, well, probably you too. I don't want to talk about myself. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get into it. 
I'm too, I don't know what, but I don't want to talk about it. Do you understand? I don't want to talk. I just want to sit and watch TV with you or with someone else. That's fine. That would be wonderful companionship. Maybe what I need, I need to be like one of those crazy guys in the movies, like the uh, Lars and the Real Girl or that show uh, Made for Love. Maybe I need a sex doll, but I don't have sex with it. I just watch TV with it. I just have it sit with me and we fire up Netflix and I get to choose what we watch and we watch it in silence. Maybe then the love doll thing would be my best friend ever. And I wouldn't feel guilty about never calling it because it doesn't have a phone. The truth is I miss you. I'm just crazy. And um, I'm very, uh, I think I'm very busy, but I'm not sure that I am as busy. Like, are we really as busy as we think we are? I know we think we're very busy. Don't get me wrong. I know we think we're very legitimately busy, but is that really true? Or are our days just full of stuff? Like if I took out all the AI images and checking email and fighting off a nap and whatever, I probably would have plenty of time to call you. But I don't want to call you because I don't want to talk on the phone. But you understand what I mean. I mean, in theory, I would have time to call you or someone, whomever. But I just want you to know that I care how you are. And I think about you often. But uh, yeah, I'm just not, I just, again, I'm not good at, I'm just not good at the, the initiating part. And I'm working on it, obviously, or we wouldn't be discussing it. I'm work, I'm working on it. Right. So I talked to, this is a perfect example. I talked to my cousin, Ronnie, like a week or two ago. It was probably a month ago, but to me, it was a week. To, to me, it was yesterday, but I think it was a couple of weeks ago. But I talked to, you know, longtime listeners of this, this podcast may remember me talking about my cousin, Ronnie, slash real name River. River class, my cousin. Okay. My cousin river, cousin Ronnie. Okay. So I talked to cousin Ronnie river class the other day, last week, two weeks ago, a month ago, whenever it was. Now what's been going on in his life. And I should just have him on to tell you, but over the last five years, 10 years, I don't know what has been going on, but he has my cousin Ronnie is a cowboy. Okay. Now you're thinking, well, what does that mean? Like, does he dress like a cowboy? Does he have a hat now? Or like, what, what are you talking about? Like, no, 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 he's a cowboy. And what I mean by that is he's a cow. Like, what do you mean? Well, what do you think a cowboy is? Well, Dan, I think a cowboy is someone who uh, has a cowboy hat and cowboy boots. Okay, check. Who rides horses. Okay, check. Who maybe is even into rodeos, maybe wants to ride in a rodeo. Like, that's a real cowboy. I don't know what your cousin Ronnie River is doing, but uh, like a real cowboy would go to a rodeo and probably ride in a rodeo. Guess what? Check. And then, then if you really wanted to win this discussion argument about cousin River, you would say, okay, a real cowboy works in some sort of like a 
cow thing. You know what I mean? That's why they're called a cowboy is they got to have something to do with cows, raising cows, raising cows for beef, or maybe they, I don't know, do, do they do milk cows too, or just beef cows? I have no idea because I am not a cowboy. I haven't been a cowboy since I was five years old. Now from zero-ish to about five, I was a cowboy, but now I'm not a cowboy. River tried to get me to buy cowboy boots in 1992, and I refused to do it because I'm not a cowboy. But so, okay, does your cousin, the cowboy, River, the cowboy, does he uh, work in some sort of cow place? Does he have beef cows now? Is that what you're telling me? The cousin River has beef cows that he's raising on some sort of beef cow ranch and they make beef out of cows. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Check. Check mate, MFR. So because of my cousin, and, and I've described him, but you know, he, he's been on the show, right? And I've always described my cousin, if you imagine, so start with, picture me, because we're cousins, okay? So picture me. Now throw that picture out and picture a good-looking, tall, Italian, Irish guy with thick black hair and charisma and good looks, who's good at talking. And apparently raises beef cows now and has a couple of restaurants in Northern Cal. Picture if Keanu Reeves was taller and talked. Maybe that you begin to understand Cousin River. So here, so this is what happens to Cousin River. And this is why, really why, really, really why I should just have him on to, to explain this to you. So Cousin River has these cows. He and his wife, he has a new wife. They've got some cows with some, maybe maybe with some other, I don't know. When your cousin tells you that they now have cows, it's a little mind-blowing. Okay, but he has cows. He's now a cowboy. And he says to me, well, one day I was at one of the, re- I think, I think this is how it goes. Because again, mind-blown. I was at one of the restaurants, he says, and I was complaining about beef and, and selling beef and how few people make beef. I don't, some, he was pontificating about beef. I don't know what he was saying. And some guy, come, because it's River and not me, because it's River, he's pontificating about cow meat. And some guy says, hey, you know, I produce TV shows. I'd love for you to star in a TV show where you talk about cow meat. So now... Starting next month, I, as my mother would say, I shit you not. Cousin River, a.k.a. Cousin Ronnie, is going to be on the Outdoor Network. I think that's what it's called. I'll put all this in the in the post, the show notes for the show. River is is now stars on a TV show on something like the Outdoor Channel. I don't have cable, so I don't know. I don't know how the hell I'm going to watch it. I'm not getting cable. But if you have cable, next month, apparently, on the Outdoor Channel, there's going to be my cousin riding around on one of his horses talking about beef cows and probably looking at cows and touching cows and killing them or something, eating their flesh. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm sure he goes to a rodeo. He rides around in a rodeo or ropes cows or piglets in a rodeo. I don't know what they do at a rodeo. I've never been to a rodeo. My mom kept trying to get me to go to a rodeo, and I never went. 
And now my cousin's in a rodeo. Now, I always figured that one of the class boys, either River or his brother Chris or myself, would become some sort of a TV star. Or I guess my sister. I knew my sister wasn't going to go that way. And Chris didn't go that way. And I figured River didn't go that way, so it was going to be me. I figured that I was going to be the one of the class, our generation, that was going to have to be the star of a TV show. And I tried my darndest. And then River, all he has to do, I swear to God, to be tall and good-looking and have hair, all he has to do is be pontificating in one of his wonderful restaurants one day. And they, they're just like, hey, we got an idea for a show, buddy. And I couldn't be happier for the son of a bitch. I mean, really, the bane of my existence, this guy. Not really. I love you. You know I love you. No, I'm so happy. I can't wait to see it. I don't know how I'm going to see it. They better put it on YouTube. You know, tell the Outdoor Channel, River, or whatever the hell that thing's called, that you got to put it on YouTube. And don't give me that 10, 15 years ago crap where you don't do stuff like that. Yes, you do, because I watch Stephen Colbert on YouTube every night. There's this thing called advertising that's on YouTube, and more people have access to YouTube than they do the Outdoor Channel. So tell your producers to get their crap together and get your but on YouTube with some ads so we can see Cousin River riding around on a horse or a cow or whatever the hell it is. Now, I've ridden horses with Cousin River a couple times. And I'm going to tell you briefly of the first time that I can think of the second time was uneventful. The second time is uh, we just rode a horse. There was some horse that he had access to, and we went to it one day, and then we rode around on it. But when I was a kid, when I was about, I don't know, 13 or 14, and we were, we were living in Rochester, New York, and my parents decided that they were going to buy a horse. So, yeah, we had at one time a horse, and it lived in a barn. We had a barn. A red, I swear to you, a red barn, and inside of it was a horse. And all winter, my mother would go out in the freezing cold to the barn and shovel horse stuff, right? And feed it, and shovel and feed it. And then in the spring and in the summer, somebody must have ridden it around. I rode it a bunch of times. I honestly don't remember my mom riding the horse very much. She must have, and my sister must have. Maybe my, even my dad did. My, my sister and I had taken, <laughs> this is how much of a cowboy I am. My sister and I had taken riding lessons when we lived in England. Nothing more macho than taking riding lessons in England and then coming to America and, and people seeing you trot. I say, old boy, cheerio. But I was really, I was very good at riding a horse because we had this great teacher and he literally got us to the point. I don't remember if my sister did this and I may have told you this already. We could jump over jump things. What do you call those? Like steeples? I don't know, but we could jump the horse with no hands. Like just sit on the top of the horse, just balance on top and go over the thing that we could do that with a saddle, obviously. And with someone spotting us, <laughs> okay? Okay, so so we have this horse. 
And the horse was a wonderful horse. The horse's name was Audie. And Audie was awesome, big brown quarter horse, like a real kind of just iconic horse. And we would ride him around. I would ride him in the backfield. I would go down to this corral that we had and I'd race him around this corral. He was awesome. Then my parents decided, I think this is how it goes, that we would also get a pony. Now, why we needed a pony, I have no idea, I guess. So more than one person could be riding at the same time. So maybe one person, this was the idea that one person would ride a horse. The other person would ride the pony. Now, I don't even remember the little shitbird's name. This stupid pony would not be ridden. Now, it was broken. You know how you have to break a horse and convince it, listen, people are going to ride you around? It had been broken. So if you got on it, it wouldn't buck. It would just stand there. And then you would kind of like, giddy up, giddy up. And it would sort of move. And then what, this is what would happen, though. You'd try to right, get it to go out into the field. We had this huge, probably 10, 20 acre field behind our house. You would try to get it to go out in the field and it wouldn't go. It would try to turn around. And so you would pull on the reins as hard as you could and the the horse's head would turn, but its body would keep going back to the house. You couldn't get it. You could not control this stupid pony. Try and try and try and try as we may. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it would go with the horse, but it wouldn't go by itself. That's for sure. I tried a hundred million times. You would try to get this thing to come on, man, giddy up. And it would go a little bit and then it would turn around. And that was, it would just stand there. It was a nightmare. The horse was great. The horse was never a problem. The horse, you just got on the horse. You go giddy up. It would go right. You put on the saddle, you put on the bridle, you, you ride around, you bring him home, you brush him, you shovel his poop, right? Just normal hoarseness. So one day in the summertime, River and his family, my aunt and uncle and his brother came to visit us in Rochester and stay for a week or whatever, right? And obviously at some point we're going to ride the horse and the pony. So we probably had plans to ride the horse and try to ride the pony that day, whatever this day is on this day, right? And we're talking about the horse and we're looking at the horse and we're patting the horse or whatever, me and and River and probably his brother and my dad or something. You know what I mean? So River gets on the horse, but we're just hanging out. We're not going to ride right now. Okay. So he gets on the horse by climbing on the fence and then getting onto the horse bareback so because the horse is just hanging out in the corral in this corral next to the barn so river climbs the fence he gets on the horse bareback there's no bridle or anything and we're chatting and chatting and the next thing you know the horse jumps over the fence of the corral and starts running down the driveway The horse has never done anything like this ever, ever, ever. And it somehow saw that, you know what? River is the guy that I'm going to take on this journey. I'm going to jump the fence and run back to my previous abode. And so that's what he starts doing. We are in a panic. The horse is literally trot galloping down the driveway. And this is a long driveway, but it makes it all the way down the driveway and starts going down the street before we can get our crap together and get into the car and start chasing them in the car. 
Now, River, God love him, stays on this horse. There is, again, no saddle and there is no bridle. There is just the mane of the horse and the horse and that's it. Now, I think they made it about a half a mile a mile before we finally somehow, I don't even remember how, we got the stupid horse to stop. And I should have known then that this guy would be riding rodeos. He's riding around this running horse with no freaking saddle on. And the, the horse never did that again either. It was only with River that day that it jumped the fence and just started running away. Just started running away. Unbelievable. Because I don't think River had given the horse any kind of subliminal suggestion that it should jump the, the fence and run away. You know what I mean? Like to get a horse to jump, first of all, you would never just jump from a standstill. You would run towards something and then you kind of like kick a little. You'd have to lift the reins. So the head goes up and then the horse is like, oh, okay, my head's going up and they're kicking at the same time. There's an obstacle in the way. I'm going to jump over it. No, this was just from a standstill bleh, right over the fence. And then run, 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 run. So River, I hope you remember that because I remember it kind of like it was yesterday for some reason. I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I remember that story as if it were yesterday. That's for sure. Not sure what else to, not sure what else to even uh, talk about. I've, um, Melissa and I've been trying to buy a car. And that is just not something that's interesting enough to talk about. You know what I mean? I mean, we just, we keep driving these certified pre-owned cars. And this one, it gets horrible mileage. And that one, the brakes are kind of squishy. And we're, we'll get there. But it's just like mind-numbingly boring and, uh, and not something worth discussing. And I'm going to go to Arizona in a couple of days. My dad's having an operation that... um totally elective operation, but I'm worried about it. There's just some, I'm just worried about it. My sister's worried about it. We're going to go to be there and support them. My parents and all that jazz, you know what I mean? So, but I was looking at plane fares and you know, the, the airlines are always complaining that no one's flying anymore. But by the same token, the flights are not cheap. And I finally found this one. I was going through one of those services, you know what I mean? Like, uh, kayak or Priceline or something and I kept trying to figure out well if I have like an eight hour layover in Las Vegas maybe I can right get a cheap flight so I finally find this because all the flights were like $350 okay I finally find this flight that says it's only like 116 have you heard of these flights that are 116 so I so it's a flight that's 116 I'm thrilled I don't care that the layover because that's what it was. It was like the layover in Las Vegas was maybe five hours or something. I don't care. That's fine with me. If I'm going to save that kind of money, that's fine with me. I'll just uh, make AI images in the airport. It's not a big deal. So then what you do is you're like, you get excited. You see 116, you get excited. You click on it and they say, okay, great. Well, listen, do you want uh, just a normal thing or do you want to take a bag because if you take a bag well that's going to be 250 dollars 
So I'm like, no, I don't want to take a bag. I mean, I'm going to carry a bag, but I don't want to check a bag. So like, okay, we'll click here and then go to the next screen. So the next screen is, okay, we'll choose your seat. And I'm like, oh, great. I get to choose my seat. But what I get to do is choose the seat and pay extra for the seat. Now, I thought the 116 would naturally include a seat. No, for 116, apparently you get to board the plane. But if you don't have a seat, they kick you off the plane. I don't know. But you have to then get a seat. So the seats are $50 each. $50 to $100 each. Okay, so I need to get from LA to Las Vegas. So that's like an extra, you know, $50 or whatever. Then it gets from Las Vegas to uh, Phoenix. That's another, let's say $75 because those seats are all $75 because the cheaper ones are gone. And then to get home to get from Phoenix to Las Vegas, well, those seats are a hundred dollars. And then to get from Las Vegas to do you see where I'm going? So then the next thing you know, this ticket that's $116 is $437. So I'm renting a car. Okay, so thank you for listening to The Bitterest Pill. I'm not Dan Class. I'm an AI here to take over his podcast. The Bitterest Pill is made possible thanks to our patrons at Patreon. Real Dan, please read the list. Okay, and thank you, Artificial Intelligence Dan, for all your help and your exasperated tone. I love how he gets so exasperated sometimes. It's freaking amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, so true. The Bitterest Pill is made possible thanks to the patrons. Patrons like uh, Maury Estabrooks. Oh, we got to talk about Maury's Lent next week. Oh, darn it. All right, uh, Maury, uh, Samantha Couture. Let's see. We got a big list here. Uh, Sean Olton, Armand, Re hey Armand, Armand Norelli, maybe Jeff Savastino, Peter Chase. I don't know. Ed Nagel, Jeff Short, uh, Rob Usden, Dave ja Ooh, Dave Jackson. Hello, Dave Jackson. Harold Goldner. <laughs> this is very professional. Listen, I can't figure out how to sort the list properly. Flores. <laughs> this is why the AI needs to take over. Do you understand? The moderator. Uh, oh, that's Tom Carroll. Uh, let's see who else. David Gerard, uh, David Jason Gerard Cortinez, uh, Michael Saffel, and uh, many others. Many others. Many others who I'm probably forgetting because I don't know how to read this list anymore. Okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, does AI guy have anything else to say? I don't even remember. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. We'll talk at you soon. Yeah, so next time we got to talk about uh, Maury's uh, lamp, among other things. God knows what will happen. Anyway, all right, uh, talk to you soon. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.